Hello and welcome back to Life in North Dallas. We're your hosts, Louis Manto and Eric Manto. Our goal as a channel is to share the most current and exciting North Dallas market trends, quality of life experiences, and areas of interest so that we can be your go-to experts in North Dallas. Come with us as we explore the communities, lifestyles, and people living right here in North Dallas. Okay, here we go. We are back with another episode of Life in North Dallas. Lewis, this will be a good one. Go ahead and introduce oh, yeah. our guest. I'm super excited for this one. I know you are too, Eric. And uh, for all our listeners out there, this is a really special guest that we've got coming on today. To give a brief in- introduction, as always, he's a newly wedded husband to Ashley. He's got a baby boy on the way. I'm excited Max about that. Max Nunzio. Absolutely. Won't say the last name yet, but Max Nunzio on the way. He's a son to our host, Eric, and brother to me. <laughs> He's a soon-to-be father, as I just said, uh, giving our our parents their second grandbaby and first grandson. Boom. He's an Eagle Scout. He's a Prosper High School graduate. After Prosper High School, he went on to go to Texas Tech University, where he graduated with a bachelor's in marketing and management. He started his working career down in San Antonio, working for E&J Gala Winery, um, where he then came on to work for our father in the school products business. And in that business, he was able to travel all the way over to East Asia, where he was working with some DOD schools, giving them um, American students some of their graduation products and and things they needed to get to school. He now works primarily as a solo entrepreneur, mostly selling solar here in the North Dallas area. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, my brother, Eric's son, and everyone's favorite solar scout, Nick Manto. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. We would be uh, a little remiss if we didn't also mention that he is the creator of Chef Air, an interesting app that he developed based on uh, a need he saw in the marketplace. And, uh, you know, I I think that still has some legs to it. Nick, talk a little bit about that for just a minute, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I just being in many different Facebook groups uh, for local areas, you know, different cities and North Texas, North Dallas, uh, noticed that there were many personal chefs always uh, promoting themselves, and um, there was no central way or easy, simple way for somebody like me or regular everyday person to connect with uh, personal chefs. And of course, amidst COVID and and all these things, folks have been uh, more concerned about larger groups and want to have a more personal experience. And People spent so many, much time at home. Now, uh, with Chef Air, it's really easy to uh, search, find, and book a personal chef to come to your home for anything from a romantic dinner to uh, a party with all your friends. Where yeah. crawfish boils, crawfish boils. <laughs> you know, make make hosting easy on yourself. Yeah, no, super cool, super cool. I know that's a a really cool pet project of yours, and I'm sure that at some point here you're gonna kind of dust it off and get it fired up here a little bit more, get your marketing going out there. But, For you know, sure. <coughs> pardon me, today we're kind of, you know, going to focus on your your primary business, which is the solar business, which, again, is a, 
a rapidly growing product space here oh, yeah. in North Dallas. And, you know, of course, we're getting a lot of folks moving in from California who are very familiar with solar. So, you know, I think hopefully we're going to be able to shed a little light, no pun intended, on the uh, on the solar business. And, and, you know, I think your story is also very interesting in how you got into solar. Uh, can you walk Absolutely. us through that just a little bit? Most definitely. So obviously uh, have great parents that... Oh, yeah. Points, points. Uh, that, you know, really helped guide and foster our ever-learning uh, path. And so having grown up in scouting, being an Eagle Scout, uh, one of the concepts that we talk about there is leaving the campsite a better place than you found it, um, as well as a big, like, thriftiness mindset. Um, and so through my travels, things of that nature, have just expanded my version of what my campsite is to be our, our more global community uh, and wanting to leave the world a, a better place. Conservation minded, et cetera. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, while we were working together and uh, on many different projects, in addition to that, I was driving Uber and Lyft just to make a little extra cash. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my passengers was starting a installed backup generator company. Okay. Mm. Uh, and then just being who we are can talk to mm-hmm. the wall. Um, he, True. he was looking for uh, consultants to you know learn and, and manage uh, those leads and relationships coming in. So uh, yeah. I did installed backup generators for a good while, built a great relationship with the master electrician there, uh, and was always had my eye on... Uh, the stars a little bit and knew that I was passionate about solar. And so when my master electrician ended up getting hired on at an installer that was moving from California to Texas, they needed all the licenses to get going. They hired Tony first and uh, brought me on. He called me up and brought me on board right after that. And so just good timing. I very much love what Rob Deerdeck says, which is luck is where uh, hard work uh, meets opportunity. Mm. And so yeah, when you uh, work well with others and uh, they see the extra effort that you're putting in to go pull wire through attic spaces in this example, then mm. uh, he was excited to give me a call when, when he got the opportunity first. And I know, I know for you, uh, you know, I recall that, you know, your heart wasn't necessarily dead set on selling, you know, backup generators, mainly because they aren't, terribly uh, conservation-minded or environmentally <laughs> friendly, right? I mean, even though they only come on during a crisis, you know, power outage, but when they do, they're fossil fuel burners, right? Oh, yeah. And it's a way more concentrated emission generator than, right. you know, yeah. our large centralized production facilities. Um, hmm. But it was still a good service. You know, they're probably about... It was about 50-50. Uh, the client base was half doomsday prepper types, and the <laughs> other half were you know, folks with a medical need to right. always have electricity in their Absolutely. home. Absolutely. That's important. That's and, very important. Um, but, yeah, in, uh, in my first year of solar, I think I greatly offset the the carbon footprint that I added <laughs> doing uh, generators. And of course we still do some of those today, whether it's backup batteries, backup generators sure. for sure, just depending on what, uh, 
what somebody needs. Absolutely. But now you're in a much cleaner space. I think it aligns much more closely with your, you know, environmental philosophies, et cetera, right? And you're helping people out. And, you know, thriftiness, right? I think people can legitimately save money with solar, contrary to what, you know, they may hear in the space. You know, we want you to kind of help us. Uh, help our customers, help our audience understand why is solar Absolutely. such a good thing. Yeah, and and on that note, you know, how do you normally go about educating homeowners and people who are interested in solar about solar and what it does for them? Sure. So it can definitely be a, a complex topic, and so Absolutely. what I like to do is, is break that down into simple terms. And so what we've done in our research is get a better understanding of all the different grid utilities in the Metroplex. Um, and so in this area especially, you've got Grayson Collin Electric Co-op, you've got CoServe, you've got Encore, you've got Texas New Mexico Power, um, and that's just in you know, this Prosper Salina area. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so if, as you venture out beyond that, it, it there's even more. And so each of those <clears throat> each of those utilities have different policies as far as how they hmm. how they allow in solar to integrate with the grid. And so, um, you know, the first step is understanding how much electricity a home is using. Mm -hmm. um, For sure. And then understanding what somebody's goals or desired outcomes are. And so uh, most folks are going solar to get a cheaper power bill. And kind of like in the real estate market, you know, the, the best time to buy a home was yesterday, but pr today's pretty good as well. Uh, versus renting where you live, uh, your landlord is always going to increase your rent unless you've got, you know, just a, an angel of a landlord that's Absolutely. not really in it for. You know, I, I had the, the, the privilege of working for you for a change when I was selling solar, you know, a couple of years ago. And it was right around the time of Snowmageddon in February of 2021, I think. And, uh, you know, we didn't see it immediately. But at that time, you know, electricity rates were really very favorable here in North Texas. You know, I mean, people were getting electricity at 10, 11 cents a kilowatt, I think, something of that nature. You can correct me on those numbers. But the bottom line was, I think we all understood in the solar space that that was not going to last like that. Have you seen sure. electricity rates begin their creep northward in a much more accelerated pace than they might have normally done? Most definitely. So really, electricity prices have been forever ascending, just always getting more expensive. And sure. so hmm. uh, the, I believe it's the, ener the EIA, Energy Industry something that's a, as a government entity, you know, there's a lot of resources out there uh, where you can see the average price of electricity dating back to the 80s. And if you look at a graph from 1980 till today, you'll see that it's an upward trajectory. So the price of electricity has always increased. Uh, and then due to some of the outages, couple that with the inflationary nature of the, the economy, yeah. yeah. Plus, uh, Russia monkeying around with Ukraine uh, is impacting natural gas prices, mm. and then th that entire global supply chain is is impacting our ability to produce. And so, sure. when Texas uh, produces sixty percent of its electricity from 
coal and natural gas fired plants. Uh, that drives the costs way up. In addition to that, we saw a lot of bankruptcies within hmm. the retail electric industry oh. uh, and a mass consolidation for large companies like NRG and Vistra that own brands like Reliant and TXU, respectively. Uh, a lot of it comes yeah. down to like an illusion of choice where these huge <laughs> conglomerates own multiple retail electric providers in the deregulated areas. And so, sure, you could choose between Reliant versus Amigo versus whoever, uh, but yep. there's a pretty good chance that it's owned by the same parent company anyhow. For so, sure. you know, the, in, in Texas, we have the the power to choose concept, right, where you, you know, theoretically are choosing your power provider. But in reality, like you're saying, there's a pretty finite number of power producers out there, and they basically sell power to all these sub providers, right, that get to market it under their name. Is that how that works? Yeah, more or less. And, and there's a lot of different strategies there. So like an entity yeah. like NRG probably has uh, some energy production assets in the state as well. Um, but odds are not all of, they're not producing 100% of their power. It's going to be a makeup of, you know, self-production versus purchasing it through uh, one of the production entities. Hmm. Um, and, you know, part of what deregulation, which happened back in like 2002, we definitely saw an immediate chopping off at the knees of the electric price. But then since then, it's continued that climb and escalation of the rates. Yeah. Um, and so initially, it definitely provided a, a, a savings to consumers. But um, now uh, we're yeah. way surpassed and eclipsed 2002 prices For of sure. electricity. And those, those electric companies are essentially your electricity landlord, right? They are charging you rent for your electricity, which is just oh, yeah. crazy, right? Yeah, so you've got just a one-time use of electricity from the grid and versus solar, I like to say you're going to become your own energy baron. Hmm. So yeah. you can take ownership in your home's system. Um, and then what we specialize in is there's many different plans or strategies available to implement those systems and try to listen to understand what your other life goals and strategies are and and marry a solar plan alongside the other things you got going for sure does uh does does every home lend itself to the ability to have solar on it is that a fair question you understand what i'm saying yeah you know um i would say no so okay. Some, and that doesn't mean that <clears throat> your home could never, but for instance, and especially in this area, we have a lot of big, beautiful homes with really intricate uh, roof layouts, things yeah. of that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so a, a solar panel, and it will vary by brand, but it's roughly 22 square feet, usually like six feet long by three foot and some change wide. Um, and so when, and obviously the, the bigger your home, Odds are the more electricity it's using, you know, it needs some big planar spaces on that roof in order to produce that electricity. Uh, so especially for homes that are in those um, 
types of communities where you don't have the acreage to do a ground mounted system. Yeah. Um, that'd be one thing that would, you know, disqualify or, or make it less of an advantage to go solar. Um, other things like heavy shading. So if you've got a lot of beautiful mm. trees, I'm not necessarily a fan of cutting down trees. Sure. That's a possibility, but yeah, if there's no sunlight hitting the system, then you're not producing any electricity. Should a homeowner, you know, let me ask you this. Should a homeowner whose home produces, let's say 20 or needs 20 kilowatt, 20 kilowatts of power, right? A 20 kilowatt power system. I'm not even sure how to ask this, but you know, is it only a, a 100% offset situation? Meaning, you know, if I can produce some of my electricity with solar, and I'm still benefiting the environment, right? And I may not be able to get all of my power from solar, but am I decreasing my reliance on the grid? Let me ask you that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so any amount of system production is offsetting that amount of carbon footprint, to keep it short. Um, but then from that billing standpoint, Right. If the goal is, which most Texans are more concerned about the green in their wallets than uh, the green of the planet, <laughs> that's fine by me. So uh, that, that's why we help folks save money there. Yeah. Um, but the the average rate of electricity right now is like 17 cents a kilowatt hour. Okay. Um, and you know, on the high end, a solar system in a an average use case is going to be right around like 13 cents a kilowatt hour. That's yeah. probably on the high end. So it'll probably get even cheaper than that, but mm. that's <clears throat> a significant difference already, right? Yeah. That's, you know, right then and there is, you know, over a 20% savings, but let's say we are only able to produce 75% of your electricity. Well, now that just means that you're getting a you know, immediately cheaper rate on three quarters of your total home electricity demand you'd still buy a quarter of your power from the grid, but um, now you've got a fixed price on the majority of your electric usage. Okay, for sure. Some of the other positive fallouts that many of our clients have experienced is there's, depending on what type of system you go with, but a roof-mounted system is going to go on a rack, and there's about a two- to three-inch air gap between the panel and the roof. So now, in effect the panels are shading that section of roof. Of course, we're putting that equipment on the most optimal productive areas, meaning before solar, it was getting baked by the sun all day, every day in the heat. So now you've got a bit of an energy efficiency created just from, you know, not, not a huge gain, but it's going to keep your attic spaces slightly Absolutely, clear. sure. Well, For I know sure. in, in our case, on, on my home, where you uh, had solar installed on there a few years ago you know we've got 67 panels on the roof the majority of which are on a west-facing exposure that gets a lot of afternoon sun and can really heat up that upstairs area and it you know creates a nice little bit of a shaded uh space in there i find that you know our electricity bills have gone down uh well they've gone way down because we don't pay for electricity basically which is really nice mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, it definitely has an effect on keeping the house uh, more comfortable in the summertime. And again, you know, yeah. in Texas, we have a lot of homes I, I know that have gas heating for the winter, a gas dryer, gas stove. But that summertime is usually all electric, which their big bills are coming from. So, you know, hopefully 
you're able to get solar on those homes where they can benefit from that. Yeah, yeah. So something, something I want to talk to you about, you know, as we kind of stated in the beginning, you've got your hands in, in a lot of different things between Chef Air, solar, you know. Uh, we've heard you talk about some different uh, franchises potentially being open. So kind of what I wanted to ask this question to revolve around is just, you know, how do you balance your time and how do you allow yourself to do these things that um, create such such a life that you live, right? And and yeah. and do all that. Yeah, so it's definitely a reliance on my team and the people that I work with. And we've set up some really great systems and, and processes to be able to offload the the back end administrative tasks, things of that nature. Yeah. Um, you know, for for chef air purposes, you know, I conceptualized that a couple years ago and and set the wheels in motion and all that. And uh, you know, candidly, I, I've put it on the back burner a little bit. You know, for a couple of reasons. One was uh, with the passing of the Inflation Reduction Act, it has really changed the landscape of solar and um you know s the incentives that are backing it uh, hmm. i uh, is kind of is kind of a hail mary for me which uh you know whereas solar's proven to be uh viable and, and we know yeah. exactly how to you know go about marketing and, and winning for business sure. there um, and then of course with uh expecting a baby on the way that uh, kind of re uh, you know aligns and, and shifts some of the priorities and so Absolutely. a brand new startup with zero traction that's going to require however much expenditure to <laughs> get uh, the flywheel rolling um you know that that goes on yeah. the back burner and just to refocus on solar so that's really uh, where Absolutely. My focus is right now is on the solar business. Well, you, and you touched on another thing that I, I definitely want to get into is just how has the solar market changed over, you know, maybe even 10 to 20 years, but even just, you know, you've been in it, what, four or five years now, maybe? And yeah. even over those four to five years, how has it changed and evolved to benefit homeowners and, and all that kind of stuff? Sure. So the... Um, yeah, solar photovoltaics uh, over you know the last 10, 20 years have been decreasing in cost significantly. Mm. And <clears throat> that type of material cost decrease happens uh, at an exponential rate as you scale production of something. Uh, and so what you know about exponential graphs is that they have a limit. And so, yep. you know, we've really reached this flattening of that, you know, cost reduction as far as the material costs go. I think that happened like in 2019, 2020. Yep. Now you're seeing just like everything else, the price of stuff goes up over time. And so um, in retrospect, people are going to look back at 2019, 2020 as the lowest cost ever to have gone solar. Um and then you got to take other things into account where uh, electricians are a high skill set uh, labor and, and just sure. like you, me, everybody else wants a raise every year. So <laughs> uh, so the cost of labor is always increasing, too. So yep. now we've we've reached from the material science and uh, manufacturing side of it, 
very low cost, still really low, um, but steadily increasing coupled with labor costs increasing. Uh, and then more, more recently, <clears throat> just like how mortgage rates have increased, uh, some of the yep. solar funding packages are you know, also dependent on what, what the Fed rates are. And so we've seen an increase in the cost of capital when implementing these systems. And so sure. the lots of ways to go about going solar, almost none of our clients pay cash for a system, but hmm. that's going to be the lowest total project cost way of going about it. Uh, and then as soon as we yeah. have to involve a distributed generation utility or a traditional lender into the mix, you know, they're expecting to make a return on the cash. But of course, you know, in those instances, they pay an installer like us to get all the work done. And then uh, you're just paying a monthly solar electric bill, which tends to be 20% cheaper than the bill you, you're used to paying. Yeah. And obviously solar is a full, <clears throat> when we can produce 100% or more of your electricity, is a full replacement of the energy bill. And over yeah, time, yeah. where you know a traditional power provider is going to continue to hike rates higher and higher, a solar customer is going to have a locked-in rate until such time as the system's been uh, fully funded and then it becomes a, a zero-cost item, right? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, in, in that thought experiment, if somebody pays cash for a system then and the system is designed to produce all or more of your electricity throughout the year, then there is no recurring expense for electricity anymore. And so you got a many array of options as far as term length, things of that nature. Mm. And it, again, it kind of all relates back to what's the desired goal, what's the desired outcome. And so Absolutely. I like to think of things on a spectrum where the far end of the spectrum and candidly what most of our clients do is a really long term at a low APR and that's going to yield the lowest monthly spend possible. And, you know, my role and goal is we've onboarded dozens of different entities that want to pay us to install these systems uh, and they all structured in different ways. There's different levers to pull to achieve those desired outcomes. And so, we are constantly analyzing what those fees and charges are to always be able to align that homeowner's goals with the best solar plan for them. Nice. Yeah. So, um, you know, what are, you know, if I'm a, I'm a homeowner and I'm, you know, really, really debating getting solar, what are the steps of the installation? Am I going to have guys on my roof for, you know, a month? What What's going to happen, right? Sure. So for us, we always start with a site survey where, okay. granted, because we're installing on somebody's roof, um, typically we're going to void any existing warranties on the roof. And so as a part of what we're doing, we're warranting your roof where we're just saying we're not going to cause any damage. We're using all the right materials as far as the caulking or the silicone to ensure any of those penetrations are watertight. Of course, we secure into the in 
integrity of the home, so not just into the decking. Um, and you know, the systems are weight evenly distributed across the roof spaces, so yeah. not really adding any any strain there. So a site survey, my guy would just measure up and confirm the satellite imagery that we use to build that uh, system design, make sure there's no existing damage. Uh, I've had it happen a number of times where my operations team will disqualify a home because the the roof already has damage up there and yeah that's where we come in and say hey you know we work with you know so and so roofing partner to uh, you know we can help you file a claim those types of things to get the roof replaced and then put solar nice. up there for sure so site survey we'll use that hand drawn plan to send to our engineering team who will create the official plan sets and then we have to follow through. So we've got to get city permit for construction. We have to go to whoever your utility provider is for uh, permission to operate, which really it starts with notice to proceed. So Encore, Grayson Collin, whomever will give a grant notice to proceed. For sure. On the back end, we got to go back and prove it's all correct and, and they'll grant permission to operate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you have a homeowners association, uh, we would help you with that process too. Um, in Texas, Texas House Bill 362 prevents any jurisdiction from telling a homeowner no. So to go oh, wow. solar, so that would be an wow. HOA. We've uh, corrected some <laughs> city codes that had some restrictions on the books that were just not aligned with the state of Texas's uh, hmm. vision for for solar. So. Yeah. That tends to be about a six-week-long process, it, it, give or take a little bit. There's some cities that have a, uh, a bottlenecked permitting um, <laughs> situation going. For sure. Makes it even longer. Install itself depends on system size. You know, Most times, it's a one-day install. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah that's quick. That's awesome. Um, but there's two facets to the install. There's both the roof labor team as well as the electrical team. And so it's a little sequential where the electricians really can't do their gig until uh, some components have already been installed hmm. up on the roof. Um, and so occasionally the electricians will get bottlenecked and it turns into a two-day situation, something like that. Gotcha, gotcha. What, uh, you know, what's your take on homeowners or even in you know, real estate professionals that say, oh gosh, you know, I don't want to have to deal with a house that has solar on it. it it you know, impacts the sellability of a home. What What is your uh, impression of that philosophy? Sure. So I like to just reference national research on that where it's been shown that homes with solar cell 4% higher uh, mm. and 17% faster than the comps in those areas. And so a lot of real estate agents, especially in Texas, being that we're a bit of a laggard state as far as uh, implementation or deployment of systems on homes go. So there's just not yeah. a lot of experience right now in selling homes with a system. Hmm, for um, sure. So it's definitely important to find that realtor or agent that understands solar and solar homes. Um, and so we're well connected with, with those types of people. Uh, and so it's all about you yeah. know, 
listing it on the MLS in the right ways to make it a streamlined and simple process. And so the benefit to a home buyer when buying a home with solar, the average homeowner's in their home like seven years. So if I helped uh, a homeowner go solar today, 2023, um, and they sell their home seven years down the road, the comps or their neighbors in that area that haven't gone solar are going to be paying that inflated 2027, 2030 price of electricity. For sure. Um, whereas they're going to be able to showcase their home as having a discounted 2023 rate. So that home buyer typically is going to assume the remainder of the agreement, which means all the pricing, the warranties, the guarantees all stay intact because it's seven years down the road. That's seven fewer years until the system's paid off. Um, and they just get that cheaper yeah. power bill. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, That's my recommendation valuable. would be, you know, hold on to your leverage and uh, you know, don't make the mistake of saying you're gonna pay the system off in the sale of the home because that uh, that would give up all your leverage right off the bat. Hmm. Yeah, Interesting. absolutely. But there's a few options there for sellers, buyers on how to get out of the home and sell for it sure. easily. For sure. No, that's cool. Um, I was going to ask about uh, incentives that the government provides for homeowners to go solar. Are, is there anything out there for the homeowner uh, with respect to the government recognizing the value of green energy? Let me ask you that. Yeah, there's, there's a whole bunch. <clears throat> I'll start at... Uh, the local level and go up from there. So <clears throat> different cities will have different um, incentives as well. So mm. um, for instance, in the past few years, city of Plano has a great update rebate mm -hmm. uh, and it's, oh, yeah. it's beyond just solar. Uh, it's, you know, for a lot of different projects and they have different classifications, different tiers, more efficient windows in the home, things of that nature, windows, insulation, curb appeal things. Yeah. And these are usually homes that are a little bit older. Is that correct? Yeah. So, so they're always changing those stipulations, but typically it's, you know, for home age 30 years or older, they're looking underneath a certain total home value. Mm. It was like 350,000. So if your home were $350,000 or less, somewhere in there, it's, I think it might be 360 something, but um, then your home is eligible for the great update rebate. And so on solar specifically, on other things it's different, but solar, they were funding 10% of the total project cost of the system mm. up to wow. $5,000 total that year. And that's just Plano. That's just Plano. So like City of Denton historically has had a great... Uh, because they're a municipal utility district there. Oh. So yep. there's some other... So locally, going to just depend on where you're at. Um, strongly recommend, you know, sometimes uh, those are long processes. And some installers that are working really fast or quickly, uh, you know, prefer to just, you know, it's not necessarily a benefit to them. And so... Because yeah. City of Plano takes three, four, five months of approvals, inspections, things of that nature. A lot of you know smaller installers that want to operate quicker hmm. don't even bring it up. So research your own area for what city you're in if there's something available there. 
so, so also sure. utility wise, CoServe historically has also had uh, some budget available. Hmm. You know, it was like a thousand bucks or something like that, but hey, money on the table. Yeah. So the state of Texas recognizes the value of solar too, but in two ways. One, it's sales tax exempt. So whether you're purchasing the system, leasing it, whatever the case might be, it doesn't matter. Sales tax exempt. Uh, and then Texas also recognizes the value add to the property. Uh, and so even if you're adding a $100,000 system to your roof, your assessed property tax value is not going to increase. So it's a property tax mm, exempt value add. Yeah. I know some customers have asked about that particular question. Like, oh gosh, is this going to cause my property tax bill to go up because I'm adding a significant yeah. system to the home? But no. you're saying that the, the state recognizes that and does not assess the taxes on this system. Correct. Now, if they're building a school in your neighborhood or whatever the reason property taxes increase, you know, it would still increase because of those reasons. Uh, so it's not like freezing your your sure. um, yeah, tax no. rate or whatever. No, the tax rate is still dependent on the local economy. and Exactly. But yeah. the the value add to the property, you know, renewable energy technology is, is property tax exempt in wow. Texas. That's and then cool. federally, so part of that Inflation Reduction Act was increasing the investment tax credit to now 30%. Oh, wow. So 30% of whatever the total project cost is, is coming back to the entity or person that owns that system in the form of a tax credit. That can be a little complex as well, but we help folks uh, understand how that works, and then we recommend that they chat with their financial advisors or accountants on cool. their specific tax situation and eligibility. Nice. Very interesting. Cool. That's Very awesome. Cool. So um, obviously this is life in North Dallas, right? And so kind of we're getting somewhat to a point of a wrap-up, but we got a few more minutes here. and. I kind of want to touch on a little bit of your past with Prosper High School, right? And how has the Prosper ISD school district, now you graduated from building-wise the old Prosper High School, which is now, the building is actually Reynolds Middle School. Um, but how is the Prosper ISD system, whenever we got there and then through your graduation of high school, able to give you a leg up or help you as you went on to get your, you know, degrees at Texas Tech and then move on now into the business world, right? Sure. Um, so, yeah, I graduated Prosper High School 2009. Um, I think my graduating class was, <laughs> I can't even remember. It's either like 130 or 230, something like that. Jeez. No, 130 for sure, under 200. 130, okay. Yeah. Um, and we, because of that, had a really personalized, it seemed, experience. I, I got to do everything where I was in the marching band, I was on the soccer team, I was in the Spanish club. Yeah. Um, Hola. I was on Stuco. Hola. I created uh I you know created my own position and student council and you know <laughs> uh, created your own position course. huh and ran uncontested. So uh you it's know a beautiful the, thing. <laughs> But um, no, so just that uh, uh, founding member of the Prosper High School soccer program, right? Oh, yeah. I was on the inaugural season. I was in the soccer club when it wasn't a 
UIL Sport, yeah. UIL Sport. Sport. Oh, wow. And uh, then, yeah, we obviously moved over into UIL. and uh, That's still cool. Typically, we're getting rocked by the other schools because I think as it, we were either 2 or 3A at the time, and we were playing up in like 4A. Four four yeah. Whatever, oh, so yeah, it was playing. Tough. They were playing keep That's away with you guys. It was hard, hard to watch. <laughs> there was a lot of thirteen nothings. Uh, Yikes! Yeah, not not so hot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, just just being able to do everything really gave me that. You know, and then in addition to that, you know, the out of school stuff, scouting, all yeah, that for sure. Um, just a really well rounded experience. Growing up in Prosper, we uh, got to see so much other success, you know, to the extent of even like a Deion Sanders, right? When he was there, Absolutely. And hmm. Randy White and all, all them, you know, Dion built a house in a field from nothing. And then it was just, you know, McMansionville USA off of, hmm. uh, you know, Absolutely. Right off Preston. Yeah. Now Preston. And, um, so that, that, that broadened my horizons as well. Just seeing, you know, some outliers for sure. Uh, yep. But Hey, things are possible. And, um, and when you can aspire or when you can see those things, you can aspire to do big and great things. And, um, that helps to, you know, instill that motivation and discipline to, you know, stay on the grind to, uh, to hopefully achieve all that stuff someday. Oh, nice. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely. Very good. Um, you know, what you got? partnerships, collaborations with uh, some of the other local organizations and businesses in North Dallas, you know, what kind of, what kind of things are you doing as a solar scout? Let's say, you know, where can we, where can we hear some more cool things about what's going on with your business? Absolutely. So you can always check out my website, the solar scouts.com. Awesome. Uh, we're, working on expanding the on-site education uh, where we want to be that candid and transparent, um, trusted education entity that that really hmm. uh, then helps guide folks through all the different possibilities around solar, backup power solutions, things of that nature. Um, I'm also involved being that I was in the marching band out of Texas tech all four years when I was out there. Yeah. Uh, I've got a passion for the arts in general. And so, uh, I'm on the board of, uh, the, the Dallas theater center's young professional board. Nice. Um, nice. so we're always doing, um, events to help fundraise for DTC and, um, you know, include other young professionals in, in, yeah. In that process too. And uh, I know you're somewhat affiliated or sponsoring FC Dallas now, I believe, oh, yeah. as well. So if people want to go to an FC Dallas game in Frisco. That's a the, great uh, The FC Dallas Solar Scouts, is that now going to be uh, the name of the group, the organization? We're not quite uh, on the front of the jersey yet, but we're, we'll be an affiliate <laughs> sponsor. I want to clarify that we'll be an affiliate sponsor oh, gotcha. this year. Uh, but, yeah, you'll see our logos across the stadium. Um, That's awesome. As they bounce on there, on some of the like concession stand TV screens, there will be some social media posts uh, from FC Dallas this year. So wow. um, I'm really excited. And, and thanks to 11 Sports Media for helping to hmm. um, connect me to that opportunity. And that's um, super cool. And yeah, that's a that's a three year partnership. So hmm. we'll be, uh, 
yeah, anyways. So I'm excited to awesome. participate in the soccer. Are there are there too. tickets involved with that at all? Do you get any seats as part of that sponsorship? Yeah, when are you going to the Dallas? When are we going to the game? Up? That's what I'm trying to find out. We, we might be able to work something. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Okay. I feel Maybe you. a free hat, something, <laughs> anything, right? Hey, I just you know? want to make a hat. That's a good thing. We like that. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, we appreciate you for coming on. Obviously, you plugged SolarScouts.com. How else can people find you? Do you got an Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? What? How yeah. do we find you? So yeah, thesolarscouts.com. You can find us across all socials at the Solar Scouts. So awesome. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn. Uh, if you want to connect with me personally, uh, business-wise, LinkedIn is going to be the best way there. You know, I go by Very Nick, good. but uh, you'll find me on there as Nicholas Manto. Um, cool. And yeah. Very good. Awesome. Well, you know, it is a kind of a proud dad moment. I got two of my uh, two of my progeny here and running the show and uh, you know Loving the it. manto family we like to kind of stick together do some fun things so son thanks for coming on today all the best Absolutely. to you and your Thank lovely you. bride and my future grandchild and oh by the way their very cool coco dog is getting fixed today prayers to coco Rip. the doctor already called me and uh she's out of surgery awesome she's on the on the mend good. already yeah. very good sweet love it all right well, Lou, get us out of here. Nick, thanks for coming Let's on go. board. And uh, I am Eric, the voice, Manto. And I'm Lewis, and this has been Life in North Dallas. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah. Here we All go. Right. Here we go.